Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 74 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I could not be more excited to continue sharing with you all personal finance topics that I think can help you move forward in your long-term financial journey. Today, what we're going to talk about is active versus passive investing and active versus passive funds and how they can benefit you uh, how they they may not be what is best for you so like pros and cons and also how this discussion that has come about uh, in finance and especially with the investments of individuals and has you know c- continued to persist over time you know which side is winning this argument and what would be best for most individuals because we all know that our number one goal in investing is getting the most net returns that we can and if we're able to get the highest net returns by one of these different types of investing strategies then maybe that's the one we should focus on from here on out um, and so we just need to look at these two and say okay what works best what can we use to our advantage And why does it work that way? And so we're going to dig into all of that and more in today's episode. Before we get started, though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, then subscribe there and leave me a review. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. And if you want to work one on one with me in personal financial coaching and you need somebody to help you build a plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can definitely help you do that. Uh, Just go to my website, www.mnowithdylan.com, and click on the Work with Dylan tab and pick the financial coaching session type that would work best for you. So let's jump right in and let's begin by talking about active investing. So active investing is exactly what it sounds like. It is a hands-on approach to investing where there is some portfolio manager or you are managing your money yourself and choosing to do it in an active manner. But the active investing strategy is there for one reason and really one reason only, and that is to attempt to beat the stock market as a whole, not to keep up with returns, but to outpace returns. And this is a a hefty um, load for that particular strategy, but that is the goal. Now, this type of strategy uh, it, it requires a lot more flexibility than the passive investing style, which we'll get into here shortly. And it, it requires a lot of analysis, uh, both in qualitative and quantitative ways uh, that will allow these portfolio managers or you as an individual to pivot into different assets, different stocks, bonds, different um, types of investments that you can be invested in and still make returns over time. And they worry a lot more about price fluctuations and economic uncertainties and things like that um, to inform their investment decisions more than just riding the wave of the market. And to be successful in active investing, it's going to require that you are right more often than you are wrong in your predictions of what things are going to do in the future as you are attempting to beat and outpace the market. And this is a a very large task and it's not easy by any means, uh, but a lot of individuals want to take this on and a lot of portfolio managers attempt to do this year after year, time after time. And we'll talk later about how they perform up to passive investing. Uh, But it's just important to note that these individuals are trying to take advantage of these market fluctuations. They're trying to get you in the best thing at the best time and uh, trying to beat the market as best they can. Uh, So, That is kind of the whole idea behind uh, the active investing strategy. 
Now then, what does this mean for passive investing? Well, the exact opposite. Passive investors are not trying to beat the market, but just trying to track right along with it. They're trying to invest their money and get the returns of the market over time. They're trying to put their money in, not worry about uh, you know trading that goes on, not worry about short-term price fluctuations, just focus on the long-term returns of the market itself and allow the market to work for them. This is an extremely cost-effective way that an individual can go about investing as these passive funds and uh, these indexes that you can invest in, they do not have high costs. They are very low cost. Uh, there's very little turnover. Uh, therefore, there are fewer realized gains and less taxes that go along with that type of investing. And uh, then not, not only that, these still provide good returns for investors over time. And they require this buy and hold mentality, which we've talked about previously. We talked about the buy and hold strategy. Uh, they require this type of mentality when purchasing these funds because this is not something that they're trading in and out of. This is buy it, hold it for a long period of time, take advantage of those returns. So a prime example of this is when an individual goes and purchases something like an S&P 500 index fund and they hold this fund uh, in their retirement accounts or whatever it may be for a long period of time. And that's why it's so huge for a particular company to be held in a given index because once they're in one of the indexes, they will uh, be a core holding of a ton of different uh, mutual funds and index funds, um, thus being a bit more stable than they were uh, previously. And when you are doing the passive investing strategy, what you're trying to do is you're just trying to hold small parts of, of uh, many, many companies over time and get the increase in corporate profits that is, you know, has occurred historically and that is continuing to occur over time and have your piece of that pie, have your piece of the index uh, that you can hold on to and that will increase in value over time and it won't outpace the market. It'll be right along with it. Uh, but the question is, will it outpace active investing? We'll get to that here in a little while. So then what are the key differences in passive and active investing? Well, uh, we'll first look at the advantages of passive investing. The first of which is ultra low fees. And we've talked about keeping fees low and the importance of doing so. And if you're keeping fees low, then your net returns will continue to be higher. And many of the index funds that are out there have extremely low fees. Um, as some of them have no fee at all for investing. And that's a big advantage to the investor uh, over the active management that will likely charge more uh, for the work that they are doing. And then apart from that, there's also more transparency in the passive uh indexing world because when you are a passive investor you are investing in a particular index typically and that index it's already clear what's in that index right the s p 500 we know what's in it we can go online and look if we know what's in the dow jones we know what's in the nasdaq we we know what what companies are in these different indexes and so if we know that uh, then there's no ambiguity as to what you are holding but with an active manager, um, until they're quarterly reporting to you, uh, you're not 100% sure what they are um, investing in from day to day. Uh, you don't necessarily know unless you go through and read all of the um, 
you know, forms that they give you and the, you know, the information that they provide to you exactly what they're invested in at any given time. Um, so there's a bit less transparency there uh, and that makes passive investing um, more appealing in that way. And then lastly, with passive investing, there is a lot of tax efficiency, like I alluded to earlier. Now, where does this really come from? Well, with active management, if there's a lot more trading going on and a lot more gains being realized and losses being harvested and things like that, um, then over time you will see a higher tax burden out of that uh, because you are buying and selling things a lot more often, realizing a lot more gains. Whereas with the passive approach, if something stays in the index, you own it and you keep on owning it. And so you're not getting as many distributions to you as an investor and those distributions are taxable. So if you're not getting as many of them, then you are not getting as much of a tax burden from holding the index as a whole. Not to mention, if you are managing your own money in an active way, uh, then what's going on is you're trying to buy and sell and trade and all these types of things. And if somebody's just holding an index, then they are not going to realize those short-term gains. They're going to pay a lot less in taxes. They're going to be a lot better off in their net returns than the active individual or the active management will be. Um, and I'm not saying that the active management can't outperform. Of course it could, but the taxes are going to eat into those net returns a lot more uh, for those active managers. Then a couple of disadvantages of the passive strategy is one, it's extremely limited, right? You don't have a ton of choices as to what you can invest in. It's a lot of preset, predetermined, you know, it's in this index, you buy this index fund, that's what you hold and that that's that. Uh, there's not a whole lot of ambiguity and, and there's not a whole lot of um, determining what to invest in and having a whole lot of choices. There's a lot of limitations to the passive strategy. Then there's also, I mean, if you want returns that are greater than the market and you want to take on more risk than the market, uh, then it's hard to do so with a passive strategy because a passive strategy is just going to track with the market. So the returns will lag uh, certain active managers, right? The active managers that can beat the market, it will lag them and you will have no chance to keep up with them as uh, a passive investor because you are just holding the market. There's nothing wrong with that and we'll see why here shortly, uh, but it is the reality is that you will not make abnormal returns, you will make very normal returns. Now let's talk about some advantages of the active strategy of investing. Well, uh, if you are an active uh, management type of investor, you actually have a lot more flexibility because active managers can choose to do all different types of things with how they manage the money that is under uh, their control. So they can do all different types of things. The funds differ greatly uh, in the, the different assets that they can invest in and the different diversification techniques that they can take and the different things that they can do to try to maximize returns over time. Um, it just, there, there's so many more options, so much more flexibility, and that is appealing to a lot of investors and the, you know, ability to possibly uh, outpace the market is appealing as well. Now, this, which kind of goes along with the flexibility, the next advantage is they can hedge a lot more. I say a lot more, they can hedge. When you're passively investing, you're not hedging anything. You're just buying the index and continuing forward and just feeding it and going along. Uh, but if you are taking part in active investing, active strategies, active management, then what may be happening within those portfolios is that the managers can 
hedge, right, by uh, taking different types of asset classes or shorting different um, assets and, and buying different assets and trying to uh, minimize risk taking for maximized returns and things like that. They can go about doing those things within those portfolios that is not going on within the passive investing portfolio. So this is a distinct advantage that they can do that a passive investor just has no part in. And then the last advantage is tax management. Now, we know that tax efficiency was an advantage of the passive strategy. You notice this says tax management, not tax efficiency, because tax efficiency is, you know, we're not going to incur many taxable situations. But when we talk about with the active strategy, tax management, that means we can take some advantage of different situations um, and minimize our tax burden possibly, even though we're probably going to have more taxes than the passive investor, we can minimize that burden by doing some other things. And the, the typical way that this is done is that they can do some tax loss harvesting. So if they've invested in some things um, that have incurred some losses, they can do some tax loss harvesting to offset some of the capital gains that you already have from that particular fund or, or from that particular you know, manager and, and your money, you have some capital gains that can be offset by that tax loss harvesting. And when they do that, that can help you manage your taxes in a little better way. It is not super efficient because it is requiring the manager to make the decision to sell certain things that they may really like um, or to uh, get out of things that may go up in value uh, right after they sell them. So it's not super efficient, but it is a way that they can manage the tax burden that is had on their investors. And some managers do this a lot more than others, but it's up to their discretion. And if you're actively managing your own money, then it is up to your discretion as well. Whereas with the passive strategy, it's very, very efficient because there is no buying and selling going on. There is no buying and selling based on what's down or what's up. Um, you're just holding what is in the index over the long period of time and just riding with it. And that can help you out a lot in not paying as much in taxes. But if you are going to choose the active route, those managers can take advantage of the tax laws, the tax rules, um, and help you to minimize your tax burden uh, in different ways. Now, a couple of disadvantages of the active management style. One, it's very expensive. And this is the big one, right? It, these types of funds are extremely expensive relative to the passive funds. And when I say extremely more expensive, uh, you know, for most companies, we're talking anywhere from, you know, half a percent to over a percent as far as your expense ratios on those types of funds. Whereas, like I said previously, with, with passive management, you can pay almost nothing in those particular types of funds. And not only is it costly in the expenses that you pay you may have some 12B1 fees. You may have some loads that you have to pay uh, for those particular types of funds. You may, um, I mean, you're definitely also going to have uh, more in the way of uh, taxes, more in the way of uh, distributions being sent to you. Uh, so, that, you know, when you all add it up and net, 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 um, a lot more is being taken out of your gross returns with the active strategy than there is with the passive strategy. And then lastly, with the active strategy, there is a lot more risk that is being taken by the active manager to try to beat the market, to try to outpace the market. So there is some risk inherent to the active strategy because 
they're trying to get higher returns. And we've talked previously, there is a risk return relationship uh, that over time it, it holds, right? That risk return relationship holds. And so investors have to know that certain things the manager chooses to invest in uh, could make outstanding returns, but they're in, in the same way. There's, there could be some things that just have absolutely terrible returns. And this could really put a drag on their ability to beat the market over time. So now we get down to what you all want to know is like, well, who performs better? What, what's a better path? What, what is going to be better as far as making money? How can I make the most money? Do I want to be active or do I want to be passive? Well, the truth is very few active managers outperform the passive investing style, outperform the market benchmarks and indexes. Very few do. Now, some do and some have over a long period of time and they're very good at it. And I, I can't hate in that regard. Uh, some individuals, like you and I, invest their money very, very well and, and can beat the market as well, but it is extremely, extremely rare. And so we need to keep that in mind and think, are we the exception? Are we actually the exception to the rule? You know, there's a lot of research done in, um, in finance and corporate finance and in investments and especially in the mutual fund um, sector. And, and they talk about um, in certain research how some of the highest rated mutual funds by Morningstar actually underperform over time because there is this bias towards thinking that things that have performed well actively managed are going to perform well later. And that's not necessarily uh, the case. It's, in many cases, it's not what's going to happen, especially as more money moves towards those funds. It becomes more difficult for those funds to uh, invest money efficiently and do things in the way that they were doing previously and to put those abnormal returns together over time. And they may get um, you know, more conservative as they get more money going into the fund. Um, and, and that can just be um, you know, a drag on returns. Or they may decide they want to try to pick the risk up because they have more money coming in and they can you know, pick up some big losses as well. Um, so active management is not perfect, but it can be done well. Um, and some people have funds that have done well and more power to you if you do. But the passive strategy has been proven to work. Why? Because you are getting the market returns. You are getting what the market gives. So let's just take a quick look at 2019, last year, right? Let's take a quick look. Last year, 71% of large cap U.S. actively managed equity funds, so that means nothing more than big U.S. companies, right? Big U.S. company stocks. 71% of those funds underperformed the S&P 500, which is a bunch of U.S. large cap stocks as well. 71% underperformed the S&P 500. That's a huge number. That means only 29% either kept up with or beat the S&P 500. And so are you sure enough about a particular fund and a particular fund manager to think that you could be in that 29%? Now that 29% number, does it even hold up or does it get better if you look at more periods of time? Well, actually over time, that number dwindles down because if you look over the last five years, it's no longer 71% of funds are underperforming. It becomes 81% of funds are underperforming. So are you sure enough that your fund that is actively managed that you want to invest in, are you so sure that that is going to fall within the 19% over a five-year period that keep up with or beat the market as a whole? Are you so sure? Because if you aren't, then it may just be best for you to passively 
invest and invest in the benchmarks, invest in the indexes, because I, I'm just telling you, it's, it's hard to find the funds that outdo the market, that outperform the market over a long period of time and can create those abnormal returns you look for. It's just so, so difficult. And there's a lot of things that, um, you just, you can't know. How do you know what the, what the active manager is going to invest in? How do you know that their investment philosophy is not going to flip on its head when a market crash hits? How do you know that they're not going to change what they said they were going to do? But also on the other side, how do you know that they're not going to destroy the market? The thing is, there's a lot of ambiguity uh, with the active investing style that doesn't have to take place because you can passively invest and not take on uh, those particular risks to the active style. And we can kind of sum up this idea of which performs better in this way. When everything is going good, okay, so before COVID-19 hit, we were on a 10, 11-year bull market out of the Great Recession, right? We were, um, you know, pushing really, really high on the, the stock market for a long period of time. And the fact that that was occurring, active management actually did pretty well. Active management was making some really good returns. And so something that you can be pretty well assured of is that when things are good, active management can deliver the performance. They can because it, there's more ability for them to take risks and get good returns from the risks that they take. Because we've talked before about how stocks as a whole are relatively correlated with one another. And given that that is the case, then we know that if things are continuing upward, then managers can choose to take more risk and leverage and hedge and things like that and allow themselves to get more returns as things move upward. But when things are down, when things are struggling, when you're having to find a way to create returns as an active manager, they actually don't do very well. Uh, the passive strategies, the indexes, they actually perform a whole lot better when things aren't so good. Um, and so to me, that tells me that I like the indexes because those things are, um, you know, better when things are bad. I'd rather things, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather my investments do better when things are bad than to do better when things are good. Uh, because when things are bad, I don't want to get, um, you know, dug into even worse than what I would with the market by having some type of active management uh, going on. And I'll just tell you guys the way I look at it. Have I invested in some individual stocks? Sure. Uh, do I have some individual stocks that I hold? Sure. Uh, these are stocks that can outperform the market over the long term. I do the analysis. I've done the homework. I, I'm pretty assured of um, the analysis I've done of these companies. Now, is that the bulk of my money? No. Me and my wife, we have uh, a ton of of our money, a, a very large percentage of our money in index funds, in passive investment funds. We don't have any active funds. Now, part of that is because I, I take some active management into my own hands by choosing some individual stocks. But the other part of that is I want to be assured that I can get at least the market returns over the long term. And if I can do that, then I feel good about the returns that I'm going to make. I want my my portfolio to outperform the active portfolios when things go bad. I want that to be the case. That way you can dig out of those holes a lot quicker and get upward a lot quicker. That's why it's so difficult for them 
to outperform the passive strategy because they dig deeper holes and so they have to make more returns to get out of those holes. If all of this hasn't given you a reason to think that passive may be the way to go, then let me offer this up to you. Uh, Warren Buffett made a bet with hedge fund managers and just told them, hey, pick the hedge funds that you want to follow. And hedge funds are uh, a particular type of active funds. And they said, you know, he said, pick all the, the hedge funds that, that you want to invest in, the very best, the ones that you think will outperform for the next 10 years. And I'll just have the S&P 500. And I bet you that the hedge funds do not outperform the S&P 500. And guess what? He was absolutely right. Over a 10-year period, they did not. And those were the best hedge fund managers choosing the best hedge funds that they could choose. And they did not outperform the S&P 500. So to me, that says, if I want something that is going to you know, provide me adequate returns over time, I'm going to stick with what the market provides if I'm looking for funds uh, and I want to choose between the active or passive strategy. But you can make your own decisions for yourself and there may be something that you really like or that has really worked for you over time. That's perfectly fine. But just know that those risks are inherent to the active strategy um, and the passive strategy, you know what you're going to get. Um, and there are advantages and there are disadvantages to both, but we need to keep all of that in mind as we make our investment decisions. So you guys, don't forget to subscribe to the channel, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments if you have not done so already. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, make sure that you subscribe there and leave me a review, hopefully a good review. Uh, follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. I'm on all the major social media platforms, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all, all of these. Uh, yeah, I'm on TikTok. All of these. I have uh, the these accounts and, and you can go follow me there. And I put out content every day uh, that hopefully can be helpful to you all. Also, if you need help in your own financial life, you need help building a plan, you need help making some decisions, you need help just being accountable and walking through a plan and pushing towards your long-term financial dreams, then I can definitely help you do that through financial coaching. Uh, and if you want to sign up for a financial coaching session with me, uh, and that would be on Zoom, that we could do those or via phone call or however you are comfortable to do so, then uh, you can go to my website, www.mnowithdylan.com, click on the Work With Dylan tab, and then you can choose the financial coaching session type that would work best for you. So tune in tomorrow as I talk about the legitimacy of a particular type of fund, a particular type of investment, and that is the target date retirement fund. And we'll really dig into those, what they are, and uh, whether or not they are good investments to hold in tomorrow's video. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.